1: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the post-Ohio State edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, along with Toby Rowland and Chris Plank. Did you ever lose your voice at all? No, I'm good. Night? We're good so far.
2: That was something else, wasn't it? We're good so far, and uh, we got TCU here this year, so
1: I think we're going to be okay this year. <laughs> Went to West Virginia last year was a bit of a struggle, right? Oh uh, yeah, voice wise. Yeah, yeah. We, I got that was sick. weather too.
2: Yeah, I got sick on that trip. That was the weekend of uh, Orlando basketball and West Virginia football, and uh, it was warm right in Orlando, and it was not warm. <laughs> in morgantown and the temperature change got me so uh anyway knock on wood let's don't talk about this i'm sorry anymore. I'm i think sorry. i'm what a negative a good thing role to right start now.
1: this <laughs> podcast out with today you uh, do worry about it me.
2: sometimes in those exciting games in those big venues where it's really mad that you try to force too much right and that's tends to be when come fourth quarter or post game uh the pipes give way a little bit. So we, but it went okay.
1: By the time we taped this podcast on Monday, uh, we've both done radio shows. You did your three hour show. I did my two hour show. We both sat through the Lincoln Riley press conference that you and Chad hosted, and I got to talk to Jordan Thomas, who I will openly confess, I did look at him and call him Jordan Parker with the confidence of. Having been lifelong wow. friends, thankfully they edited it out. Did he handle
2: it okay? Oh, he laughed. Okay.
1: He did He did tell me that it's disrespectful, which might have been my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> he goes, that's just disrespectful. Um, and, uh, of course, Baker and I think I mentioned Dimitri. So now that we've had even more time, I was watching some highlights while you were getting ready to, to go do even more radio. And I think this is one of those days where you just do as much as you can to recap something like that, right? right. Every opportunity you get because those uh, – I I mean, I used a special probably 800 times in our post-game show, but it's like the most fitting adjective I think you can use to describe what happened on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, statistically, rankings-wise, we know right now it's one of the bigger OU wins in in history. Right, Not just, you know, uh, in the Bob Stoops, Lincoln-Riley era, ever. To beat a number 2-ranked team on the road, the magnitude of an Ohio State That goes way up there. I think time will tell how big of a a win it it really is. Not statistically and rankings-wise, but how big this win is for this program. Um, If they can follow it up and have a great year and end up because of it in the playoff and who knows, maybe a national championship, I think you can look back to Saturday night in Columbus it's not a program turning win, because it's not like the program was going in the wrong direction or anything. Right. But the kind, of, it's a trampoline win. It's a win that convinces not just everyone in your fan base, but fan bases across the country went eyeball emoji on Saturday night and said, <laughs> Are you seeing what Oklahoma's doing to Ohio State in the horseshoe yep, right absolutely. now? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it has the potential to be one of those kind of wins that helps. Uh, everyone, recruiting, your fan base, the the perspective nationally, your conference, everything. But you got to keep playing well. It doesn't mean anything if you stumble a couple of times between here and the finish line and don't win the conference and don't get into the playoff. It's just at that point a nice win. And the other ramification of it, I think, is this. OU basically now plays the rest of this season with one freebie. One mulligan, basically. thank think you're right. I think they could lose a game. I hope they don't, but I think they can lose a game somewhere along the way now and be a one-loss conference champion at the end of it, and they still get in because the win over Ohio State on the road will resonate that loudly. And in your evidence is simply one year ago. Ohio State did that exact thing and still got in because the win over Oklahoma was so impressive. Now – if that loss was in the Big 12 championship game, that would be interesting. True, But short of that, I think they've got a mulligan the rest of the way here.
1: I think you're right. And I think in all the things that it's huge for, I think the Big 12 conference is, is right there as well. Yeah. Now, we, we, need, we need Texas to play well against USC this weekend. TCU beating Arkansas was big. I know that you're not going to change a national perspective in the span of, of one weekend. But huge! it's huge for that conference. Bob Bowlesby
2: should have been at the airport greeting this team when they got home (laughs) from Columbus. It was that big for the Big 12. And you're absolutely right. Hey, what TCU did was big on Saturday as well. But on a national stage like that, for the flag bearer of this conference, no pun intended, to go on the road and do that as impressively as they did, I'm telling you, they were rejoicing in Fort Worth. In Lubbock, in Manhattan, in Ames, maybe even in Stillwater, at what Oklahoma did on Saturday night.
1: It should have been. It should have been. It was it was necessary. It was needed. Uh, we're gonna do something different on the podcast today, so I'm just gonna give this heads up now. I was thinking about it when I heard I heard one of your callers talk about how he didn't get an opportunity to listen to the podcast or the, the press conference. And so when we're done, which if you when you downloaded the podcast, you might have looked at it and said, Whoa, this seems extremely long. I'm going to add on our Tuesday podcast, the Lincoln Rally press conference, just okay. because it's an easy thing for us to add here. So if 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 you like it, great. We'll continue to do it. If if you don't like it, because it's taking up too much storage or whatever, just it stop might be. listening. No, no, oh, no, oh, no, okay. no, no. Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> don't stop listening. Uh, but uh, we'll think about maybe doing things different. But I I wanted to do that because so much of what we talk about here is somewhat knee jerk to Lincoln Rally's press conference, and even rewinding a little bit more, the whole. Dave started out with Baker Mayfield apologizing, which I thought was an incredibly cool move on his part and one that we could debate on our sports talk shows until we're blue in the face, whether or not it was necessary or not. But the thing that stood out to me, the thing that caught my attention right away and got me even more fired up for the rest of the schedule was hearing that Mark Andrews is going to be okay. Toby, I honestly thought whenever he came over and just watching the, the process, watching his body language, I kind of thought we were preparing ourselves for the Grant Calcaterra era, and having a conversation about whether or not Mark Andrews would make it the rest of the season. And today, Lincoln Riley comes on says, "Hey, he should be good, good to go by this weekend." Now, I don't think that means he automatically plays, mm-hmm. but that's huge news. I mean there's, there's
2: not a tear there, there's no right. surgery needed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's big. I, that's really big. And um, you know, I think there will Johnson, we still don't know, and Cody Ford, we still don't know. But obviously Mark Andrews, from what we saw in week one and what we saw early in week two, is going to be a major part of this offense. I think he's one of the best tight ends in America. I think he has a good rapport, and it's getting better every game with Baker Mayfield. I'm excited about Grant Calcaterra, and I want to see him play, and hopefully they can you know, get both of them on the field. I think they're yeah. going to have to because yeah. I don't think Mark, with his type 1 diabetes, is going to be able to play all game every week. But they need him. They need need him as a weapon. That kind of, though, I think dovetails is a word that uh, I've learned from you.
1: I use it way too much.
2: That dovetails into the conversation, though, of another thing that was so impressive on Saturday is the number of true freshmen that played huge roles in this game. Calcaterra was one of them. He had a drop on a pass that was thrown a little bit behind him, but he came back with a great catch in the second half when they started to put it together offensively. Uh, Robert Barnes got called upon because of injury. Unfortunately, he he ended up getting injured, but he played well while he was in yeah, there. he really did. Trey Sermon was fantastic. And he, in fact, he was so good they couldn't take him off the field. I think Abdul Adams probably got benched initially because of the fumble, but then later it was because Rodney Anderson and eventually Trey Sermon were playing so well that he just... Didn't get back in. And right. that kid is good, Chris. I yes, mean that he is. kid he's is gonna be a star, I think, at this place. He's got size, he runs with power, he's got shiftiness, he's got speed. He was running over Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday. These weren't UTEP minors. These were guys who were gonna play in the NFL who were trying to arm tackle him or meet him in the hole, and he was winning those battles. So I think Trey Sermon's going to be a big time player for OU. Uh CD Lamb obviously uh, Oh, how big was he on
1: Saturday? Played night? made yeah.
2: great catches in traffic. Kenneth Murray was a major storyline going into this game and I thought he played very well. I thought he played very well. I'm probably missing somebody that's a true freshman that got on the field. But uh I mean those those guys were in May, they were they were carrying the ball in the fourth quarter. Yes. They were making catches on Scoring drives. They were the middle linebacker. They were the last line of defense. These weren't true freshmen
1: that were being hidden. They were playing prominent roles in a road win at Ohio State. And Kenneth Murray was a guy that I I think because I'm down there with Ted, a guy who knows a little bit about the linebacker position, just a bit, uh, that I watch a lot more, and then I'll go back and say they're saying, this, Ted, what do you think? And I noticed when Ohio State scored their touchdown, just focusing here on, on defense, scored their only touchdown in the game. Kenneth Murray was down. I mean, you, you could sense that he was, he was taking that hard. Emotionally down. Right. Yeah. I mean, not, not physically. Just, you know, this is a guy that seems to play on a lot of adrenaline. And, and I love, and I've brought this up so many times, and I'm going to bring it up a lot more as long as it continues, this communication that's going on defensively is so solid right now. And it's almost as if they can see things coming. For instance, when he's down, everybody's over there getting him up you know everyone hey you're okay Jordan Thomas Stephen Parker it's okay we got this and then Tim Kish and Kerry Cooks just I mean coaching their brains out coaching their with every piece of energy they have left and he was down for a little bit so you got concerned because you realize he's he can't stay this way yeah and and after a little bit with his head down a couple of guys came said it's going to be okay popped up looked down fixed it who's the who are the voices on defense? Who, who's the the
2: leaders' voices that are that are doing that?
1: Uh, it's a little bit Stephen of everyone. Parker, I would imagine S- Stephen is. Uh, I I brought that up with Jordan Thomas today in one of the interviews that we'll play on Friday's podcast. Uh, I because I brought it up and I said, "Hey, I, I've noticed you being a lot more vocal." He goes, "I don't really have a choice." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, "You look around," and I'm one of the old guys. Will Johnson. Early on, who might yeah. have had his best quarter of football? Off to football a great start yeah. in, in in a Sooner uniform. Uh, it's a little bit of everybody. Obo is Obo o- a talker? Obo yeah. Obo is getting to that point, point. Uh, and I I think though the voices that matter the most are are the coaches. You know those are the guys. Sure. Caleb Kelly is over there. <laughs> there was a funny moment where Tim Kish was so into working with Kenneth Murray on something that Caleb Kelly was trying to point something out on the dry erase board. And Coach Kish was so, and he had his headset on, and Caleb kind of looked up and smiled. And then when Kish realized it, he kind of looked at him, and they laughed, and they they pointed out what Caleb Kelly was seeing. Caleb Kelly's another guy. It's it's this really and, – and, and I run out of fancy terms to describe it, but it's a very conducive atmosphere to learn in, if, if, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. In other words, they're – not just going back and getting down and going, man. We got to get better. Let's go. It's not like hollow right. rah rah. It's I saw the classroom. this classroom. I saw this. Where did I mess up? Or rough and McNeil. Hey, you've got it. This is what you need to do technique wise. And I, I I know it's only two games in, so I'm not trying to get too carried away. No, but away you here. notice that stuff on the sideline, yeah. Chris. I mean, you teams are different. Um,
2: I can't remember who I was watching the other day. But the quarterback was sitting on one end and the receivers were sitting on the other. Right. On the sidelines. And the commentator, you know, said something about it. He's like, That's odd. That's not that's not a good sign. Some teams come off the field, some units come off the field mm-hmm. and immediately start blaming each other. Right. No. You and, haven't seen that. And some come off the field and they kinda they circle up and they, it's classroom time. It's let's go let's learn here. Let's figure out what we can do better. So that's good that you're noticing a good chemistry down there.
1: And e- even offensively, I would add to it this. Um, there were some opportunities, I think, on Saturday early to point fingers if they wanted to. But, man, number six comes over there and doesn't let any of that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he is right away. He'll go over and let the offensive line know about it. He's, and, and he even said it. He's like, I'm kind of hard on those young guys. And he is. But it's kind of a, a good cop, bad cop thing. Hey, you got to do this better. You know, you got to be here. You gotta, you gotta make sure that this is taking place. And uh, it's really, I I I find myself when I come back on Sunday having to find the game to rewatch it because I realize how Mm -hmm. much I miss. And this is, I mean, we got Teddy watching the whole game down there, so we're fine. I can't even get to tell you how much I miss because I'm so enthralled with just watching them. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm never gonna jump on and go toby next series baker mayfield's gonna throw a bomb let's watch for it. you know <laughs> right but it's it's really been enlightening to kind of see the way that this team is communicating and I, I think they've communicated well in the past um but just there seems to be something different saturday night offensively was even unique because there came a point you know bill Beanbow is he's the man he he's he's gonna beat coach boss. him. Hard. Yeah, the beat and Jess has a feature. As a matter of fact, she was just texting me about it coming out this week. Um, even he, you know, you you've kind of seen some different things in him, mm-hmm. and it's been. It's been a growth, and I think it's going to be a continued growth for this team. And it's all—it's easy to say everything is great after you win a game like you did on Saturday night, and everything's the best you've ever seen. But there is definitely something different. And it, it, let me jump in real no, go fast ahead, because, because I can talk all day about this.
2: There's a, I think there's a parallel here to to what we saw from the men's basketball team that went to right. the Final Four. That team had Buddy, it had Isaiah, it had Ryan, it had a bunch of veteran leaders who were also their best players. And in many ways, that team coached itself and held itself accountable. And I had a conversation with Lon Kruger about this that season where you would see occasions where a timeout would be called and immediately buddy would light into the other guys or he would get the dry erase board and start pointing out things or maybe it was Ryan or maybe it was Isaiah and they would coach each other. And then Lon Kruger would move in and start to coach. And and they would hold each other accountable to what time did you get to the gym to practice today? What time were you shooting till? You know what I mean? There was like a there was like a peer pressure there. And Lon talked about how that was the for college kids especially. There is nothing stronger than the power of your peers holding you accountable. Everybody's coaches hold them accountable. Right. But when your peers hold you accountable, that's next level type stuff. You don't see that in college very often. Fast forward to this football team, when you've got veteran leaders who are your best players, like Baker Mayfield, like Stephen Parker, like this offensive line that are all older and and uh, and leaders of this team. I think that's what you're seeing develop here because they're scared. They're as they're as scared to mess up because they don't want to miss, disappoint Baker right. or Stephen. As they are of Lincoln Riley or Mike Stoops. Good point. You know what I'm saying? So I th- I'm, it's early, but I think we're starting to see that be a part of why this team
1: is good. I think that's a great observation. I, I really do. and Because you'll see it when those coaches coach, immediately it's me, me, here's what I did, here's what I didn't do, here's what I should have done. You know, they, yeah. they, they really take that responsibility on. And, you know, it's kind of funny, because so much talk uh, – I always try to find things that we haven't really talked about too much, and I know we're probably going to run along here. Oh, we're all okay on time. Um, Austin Seibert had himself had a good a night. night. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you really think about an area that, if you go back to June or July, suddenly became a concern for a lot of people, he not only had a good night with this field with this couple of field goals, but Toby, I also thought after the kick return by Ohio State, which kick-started them for the third quarter. I don't know if they had another return after that. They I, did not. I think the, he put it through the back of the end zone every time.
2: No. Uh, the one field goal he missed I don't think was his fault. Right. He made bad, the other Bad one. snap, yeah. He made the other one. Uh, the, the, the thing about the kickoff that was returned on him, the opening kickoff of the second half, he made, the ta- he made a touchdown-saving <laughs> tackle yes. on that. And then every kickoff after that was a touchback. So they didn't allow Ohio State a, another opportunity. Um, his, he's only punted, I think twice this year. I think he only had one punt Saturday night and it was a little bit short. And the one against UTEP was a little bit short. So his punts so far have been, haven't been up to what he did a year ago, but I mean, listen, he saved a touchdown by making a tackle on Paris Campbell. And, and it's, yeah, he, the kickoffs were really good after that
1: too. Uh, and let's add one more quick thought before we wrap things up and we bring you a Lincoln Riley from earlier today. You hit it on the head, and I think that the celebration afterwards for this team was kind of along that same line, Toby, and that is, this is great, but it doesn't mean anything unless you take care of your business the next week and the following week. And I think the bye week comes at a good time for this team, two weeks down the road. I mean, I know we have uh, we got Tulane this weekend, and then we go to Baylor. We go to Wake Up before that. But I, I think that comes at a good time for them. Um, but I see a team that seems pretty focused because when they broke down, uh, it wasn't Sooners, it wasn't we won or anything like that, it was beat Tulane. Mm-hmm. So while they talked about the game and they celebrated, you know in the back of Lincoln Riley's mind, he's already thinking ahead. This is a good football team, though. It, it is, and I, yeah. I,
2: and I think they're going to beat Tulane. <laughs> um, I, I think one of the bigger trends that is encouraging is this is the fourth consecutive game that they have allowed 20 points or less wow. to an opponent. And that is, in that span, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Auburn, and Ohio State. And if you go back even more, that's really like seven straight games in which the defense has played well. And so, as concerned as we were, rightfully so, mind you, the first half of last year about this defense, it's time to start giving them some credit here. And uh, not that people aren't, but they 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 have earned – some praise with the way they played late last season and it appears it has carried over into this year they were really good on Saturday night and we know this offense is cooking yeah I mean, we know Lincoln and Baker be and the O-line and whatever weapons mm-hmm. they choose to use any given week they're going to score some points if that defense is going to continue to hold opponents to 20 points or less they're not losing very many games
1: maybe zero interior of that defensive line has been pretty nice too I know it gets lost but with uh the, the development of Devontae Lampkin, Marquez Overton, uh, he was battling through some things on Saturday night. They really did a good job in clogging up that middle and opening up things. All right, you, you got to go um, because you got, what, more radio to do and then coaches' shows things on, to do, man. Coaches shows uh, coming up as this drops on Tuesday. You're going to be out at Rudy's. Great crowd so far this year.
2: You think there are going to be some people Tuesday night? I
1: think there are going to be some people getting there early.
2: <laughs> Come on out, folks. <laughs> it has been The first two weeks have been our two biggest crowds ever at Rudy's. It is a party atmosphere. We got some fraternities that are showing up now. That are creating human tunnels for Lincoln Riley when he comes through the door. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. So come on out. Rudy's Highway 9, 6 o'clock the huddle, 7 o'clock the Lincoln Riley show every Tuesday night. Come eat some great food and be a part of it. Thanks, Toby. All right, see you, man. Man in motion, Smallwood snap. Hands to Smallwood looking for the corner. He's in for the touchdown. Oh, H. Oh, no. 926 to go. It's 30 to 13.
3: Oh. A quick review of the Ohio State game. Uh, I think we've got most of it covered, but uh, you know, obviously a great win for, for our team, for our program. Uh was really, really pleased going back watching the film on um, on uh, on Sunday about just the overall mentality of our team. You know, I think we had a a great mindset going in. We certainly didn't play perfect by any stretch. We found a lot of things that, that we got to do better at as a team, but our, our mentality was really at a high level the whole night, you know, and to be able to, to hold that mentality as the game went back and forth and was such a close game you know, for the first three quarters uh, you know, I was really, really pleased with that. So uh, you know, it's it was a big game. It was an important game to win. Uh, we're happy that we won it, but now we've now we've got to all move on. Uh, our team's got to move on. Program's got to move on. We've got a lot of, lot of ball left here. Um, and uh, excited about the chance to play Tulane this week. Know a lot about their head coach, Willie Fritz. Uh, have a lot of respect for the, the man he is, the coach he is. A uh, ton of success at his different stops. Very familiar with him at Sam Houston, um, Georgia Southern, some of the places he's been as of here lately and has always been successful. Um, and have a lot of respect for Tulane as a program you know I've coached against them many times at East Carolina uh, always an athletic team they they're still playing very well defensively just like they were there our last few few years uh, at East Carolina um, they, they they fly around I think they only gave up 500 yards twice last year which is again very very difficult to do um, they've got a really really good secondary um, and a corner um, uh, uh, Perry Nickerson, uh, I remember playing against him a few years ago. That's really, really good. He's got a lot of career interceptions. He'll be one of the better corners that we play all year. Uh, you know, defensively, they're going to definitely stress us with a uh, a spread option attack. Um, it's not option in the sense of like you see, you know, with Navy and some of the military schools, but it's a there's a lot of option based uh, rules to it. Um, be a lot of assignment football for our guys. It'd be something. A little bit new, and uh, something that we're going to have to do a good job of handling. So, we're excited to be back home. Uh, would fully expect that, you know, Saturday night, you know, Norman will be will be really rocking. Should be a great atmosphere, and, and we're excited to uh, get that one teed off and get moved on. So, uh, from there, we'll go to questions. What's the status of Mark Andrews and Will Johnson? Uh, Mark's good. We think Mark will play this week. He's he's doing well, um, improving quickly. Uh, will Johnson still up in there? That that'll. Uh, that decision hadn't been made yet.
1: Lincoln, you brought up moving on to next week. You guys put so much
0: emphasis on the start, which I mentioned a big part of that was last week's game. But how do you get through to these guys that there's some progression has got to be made every week?
3: Well, this is still the start. You know, The start for me is until we get to, to Big 12 play. And for our team, that's, that's – uh, and we've got one more game until that. And so, uh, you know, it was our goal to – to play much better early, you know, and have a chance to win all three of these non-conference games was really important to us. And so we've got we've got one more left, and then uh, and then into the you know the heart of the Big 12 schedule. So a lot of ball left to be played, a lot of things to get better at.
0: Lincoln Baker came out uh, very first thing today and addressed the flag plant. Uh, were were you expecting to hear that from him? Did you all talk about that at all before he came out today?
3: Um, I I'm not surprised. I mean I because again I know I know him well enough to know what he meant by it. Uh not anything uh not anything disrespectful towards Ohio State. It was a emotional game, um and it was, you know, him celebrating with his teammates and, and you know, and that's uh you know, I know that's why it happened. And so uh am I surprised he said something? No. Um I'm glad that I don't think it should take away from the quality of the game that it was. There's two really, really good football teams on the field. It was a great atmosphere in Columbus. Um, They did a great job. Um, And like I said, it was was a fun game. And uh, so I think you know you see by how many people watched it that the rest of the country agreed as well. So that, to me, should be the focus of what happened.
4: The guys said after the game that you said that this should not be the highlight of the season beating Ohio State. Is that something you're just trying to really instill into the guys that this is just week two, your
3: goal yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Um, and, you know, if we're going to be the team that we hope that we can be, then, you know, that shouldn't be something I should have to address over and over. You know, their mindset should already be there. Um, you know, you have to be all in each week. And uh, we, we were all in as far as winning that game. Um, our guys really put it on the line all night. Uh, but, again, you're only as good as your next performance, and we've got to be willing to do the same thing this week against Tulane. Like
5: like you did mentioned watching the game. What were your impressions
3: of the offensive line and the way they performed on Saturday night? Yeah, they battled. You know, we we really battled. Uh, it was it was a good fight. It was fun to watch. You know, just just not as a even a coach on one side or the other. Just as a fan of the game, it was fun to watch. It Was quality defensive line play. It was quality offensive line play. You know, we got them some. They got us some. Um, but I thought our guys really held in there, played really well, um, even with the lineup change. There, they they really handled it well. So, that's proud of the way we played up front.
4: Lincoln, you guys mentioned a lot uh, before the season started that you wanted to see these running backs live a little bit more. You've gotten through two games. I'm curious with Abdul's situation. Was that something that was laid forward and laid laid out there on the outset? Like you weren't going to tolerate any ball security issues or. Well, that's, that's
3: always a big deal with our backs. I mean, they're they're going to touch the ball more than anybody. And, uh, you know, them and the quarterbacks, their, their ball security, um, our trust in them is very high. But I, I our trust in Abdul is good. I mean, I, again, I told you guys after the game, it wasn't necessarily we just pulled Abdul because of that. You know, we were going to give some other guys some chances. And once he did fumble, we thought it was the right time to give those other guys a look. And Trey and Rodney got on a pretty good roll, and we just saw, honestly, we saw that, there's not a reason to change right now. They're hot. They're, they're playing well. And that's part of how it goes. You know, and I, I've said it many times. You look last year, there's games where Samajé had big games. There's games where Joe had big games. And, and it wasn't always necessarily that, that the other one was playing bad. But sometimes a guy just gets on a run and, you know, you're not going to change it. Was there anything about Sutton not playing? Was it more uh, the style of play or something that happened there? or is he And is he still in the mix? Oh, well, he's definitely still in the mix. Yeah, I think... No, we planned to get him in some, and uh, again, you know, Trey got going pretty good early, and then and uh, Rodney as well with the touches that he had. So we just we just decided to not make a change.
4: What did you see from Trey Sermon on the sidelines and all that? I mean, he Baker said he seemed like he turned on the lights, so to speak, during that game. Did you see that also?
3: I did. He's a uh, you know he's kind of a quiet, reserved kid, um, but in that arena, he he was not. He was not intimidated by any stretch. His, you kind of saw the competitiveness and fire start to come out of him, and he was very confident. Um, yeah, I was just—I like that. He just had a great look in his eye. I mean, as a coach, you can just—you can tell most of the time in environments like that. You just look him in the eye, and you can tell if they're ready or if they're maybe a little skittish. And and he wasn't at all. He was—he was ready to play and. Yeah, handled it very well. Had, had a few, several things too that he's got to do better. But again, his mentality, like the rest of the team, was pretty good.
0: I think one you, of when the big differences. When you look at those younger guys. I mean, you got Trey, you got Grant, you got CD on the
4: offense, Robert, Kenneth on the on the defense. True freshman playing roles. When you recruited
0: those guys, did you? Was there something about them that made you think maybe this group has guys that can be that influential that early?
3: Yeah, I think. I don't know if I saw it as a group, um, because that that a lot of times comes down to the individuals. But uh, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of guys out of that class are playing well um, and played well in that environment. They, they, uh, you know, we're trying to. That's what we're trying to do is push recruiting people that we feel like can either a come in here and help right now, or b come in and push the guys that we have and make them better. Because we're just we're not going to try and take a lot of projects. You know, the guys that we think, well, maybe they're two or three years down the line. That's that's just not how we're going to recruit, you know. And I, I think if we're going to continue to push this thing and, and take it where we think it can go, that's that's got to be the mentality, and those think, guys yeah. helped with it. You had a what couple of guys
2: mention that the freshman class was really tight and they've helped the other guys become tight what is it specifically about these freshmen that are allowing them to mesh with each other as well as the
3: upperclassmen well Well, I think they were you know they all committed so early that they were all around so much you know it wasn't like it wasn't like these guys were a bunch of newcomers really coming in in that sense you know they'd been around our team our program a lot Uh, they'd seen kind of how we do things they got to know our players and so when they came in it didn't feel like we were bringing in a bunch of new players. It really felt like we were just adding some guys that had already been around, and now we're just putting pads on them. And uh, so I think there was already some of that that continuity and chemistry built up, even from the get-go. And then they've come in there and they've competed. You know, they hadn't backed down from our older guys. They hadn't backed down from challenges. And that's that's made our team better. Why do you
5: think that we don't see more offenses utilize the fullback like you've utilized Dimitri, uh, especially Saturday night, where you're running play action one way and throwing it to him another way? And-
3: there's nobody within 15 yards of it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's not a lot of guys like him would be probably the biggest answer for, for me. You know, I mean, that's, again, a guy that's got to be able physically to do so many things well. And then the underrated aspect of it is is how much mentally a guy like that has to be able to handle. I mean, again, most, most players are only capable of playing one, maybe one and a half to two positions, most players. You know, and, you know, for a guy like him, you're talking about, he's got to really be ready to play four, and that's, that's hard to do. I think
5: there might be a lot of coaches out there who would say, oh, no, we don't use fullbacks. We're going to use wide receivers. We're going to use running backs to advance the football. Your offense seems to go wherever there's a weakness.
3: We well, try to, you know, and then, you know, wherever there's a weakness and then just trying to, to fit what our personnel can do. I mean, if we, if we didn't have a guy like Demetri Flowers, we wouldn't be doing a lot of that stuff. Going back to Dimitri, when
0: you think about him, he had to buy into his role. He's a guy who scored a lot of touchdowns in high school, and he's really accepted his role through
3: these four years. He did, and he, you know, he was one that was a little concerned when when we first got here a few years ago. You know, you turn on the East Carolina film, and there wasn't a lot, a lot of stuff like that. But again, we didn't really have a guy like that, and so, uh, but he he's trusted us, uh, you know, and he's trusted the the whole process and. You're right, he's bought in and he's gotten better and better he's improved on the things he's needed to improve on and our our trust in him has grown a lot, and that's why he's getting opportunities and and why he's taking advantage of them just for you when you
1: got here and you said, okay well, there is a guy like this. did you kind of go, okay how do I start incorporating
3: a fullback in this offense or well, yeah, I mean, I think it's been uh it's evolved a little bit um first of the first part of it was seeing kind of what he could do and then as that's evolved and 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 the rest of the offense has evolved. We've been able to fit it so that it it not, it not only fits for him personally, but it fits within the whole system and the whole way that we're trying to attack people. So it's been, it's been a constant evolution and something that hopefully we'll continue to build on. Michael, Michael Jones. That behind
4: the scenes that Dimitri's always pitching you different plays to use him <laughs> yeah, in. he is. I mean, do you, how often do you guys use the things that he
1: draws up? About?
3: Uh, about 5% of the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You have to worry about your offense becoming too big. You do too much. Yep. So you don't I
3: mean, oh, yep. is that a thing? Absolutely. How do you deal with it? Oh. Well, I mean when we game plan, it takes us about ten minutes to get all of our good ideas up there, and then it takes us about that many hours to get it narrowed down to you know, to something we feel like is manageable. So that's that's always the hardest thing. The good ideas aren't hard. It's how can you practice it? You know, whittling it down to enough that you feel comfortable that the guys can get it and you can work it. Um, that's the thing that drives us crazy, but it's necessary.
5: How promising was it that Michael Jones, who hadn't really done as much as maybe you and others might have thought, but but he did the other night on a big stage?
3: Yeah, he played well. You know, he stepped up. Um, you know, made a couple big plays for us. The one down the field, you know, was a tough catch. You know, the corner did a good job falling off, and uh, it was kind of one of those distraction drills. So it was a tougher catch than what it looked like. Um, So, yeah, I was was proud of him. You know, he stepped up um, and uh, made some big plays on a big stage. I remember people
4: used to talk about uh, Mike Leach's, how basic Mike Leach's play sheet was that he carried around with him. I noticed you kind of carried one. how, how, How much more evolved is yours, I guess? How much more
3: advanced or you know not basic is it compared to like what he would use um i don't know there's there's a few more words on there but i mean it's it's the same it's the same structure i mean it's a yeah. it's a notebook piece of paper i mean it's just it's that and we we always uh everybody always thought his was just that size you know nobody ever realized that you know we, we we've always folded it in a certain way so <laughs> i think he i he would never tell anybody too he would I, he liked kind of the I think he liked the thought that it was only this size. I thought it psyched out people maybe a little bit, but it. Uh, now we've always. I, I just kind of learned that I, I still do it like he does. I, you fold it a certain way, so in any situation, you just kind of know where those are, and you just flip right to it. Have so,
5: then taking uh, bits and pieces from other coaches, other schemes, other concepts. Whether it's you know Mike Marks' offenses or or Mike Holmgren's offenses, did you just take a little piece here and a little piece there. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah no we definitely we're we're open to new ideas you know we we look at new things sometimes it's things that that you know we as a staff come up with sometimes it's you know it's spawned from from something else that we saw um but again, you gotta make it fit you know and you gotta be able to practice it you gotta it's not as easy as oh well, we saw this really good play that so so ran let's put this in because you gotta know the adjustments you gotta know there's a lot that goes into it and uh so you've gotta it's good to to branch out and have new ideas but you gotta you gotta know what you're doing too. Armel,
0: hasn't, how hasn't. much he
1: has he solidified your guys in secondary?
5: It's helped.
3: Yeah, it's helped. You know, there's not one side that you know that they can pick on a little bit, you know, that's uh and, and really Jordan Parker did that, you know, towards the end of last season too, you know, and that's when we really started, you know, playing better defensively and so it, it just it makes all the difference in the world, especially against you know, the offenses that, that we go up against. Um allows you to be more aggressive with the front, you know, to take more chances, to give less help. Um, and then, you know, so that's, uh, yeah, it's been a huge part, I think, for the for the reason our defense has played. Played so well at the end of last year and is playing well right now.
5: Lincoln, how do you think Jeffrey Meade's doing? He's been kind of quiet so far these first couple games. He's
3: played he's played pretty good. He He's just been one of those guys that the – for whatever reason, the opportunities just hadn't, he hadn't gotten a lot of balls. Um, but I don't think it's been because of anything he's doing wrong. It's just, you know, timing out that way. So uh, I think he's playing well enough that there's going to be up and down cycles with receivers. That's how it is. And uh, But I, I think his will come.
1: Coach, with all these young guys with prominent roles uh, early on, how concerned are you about them being able to handle that much success at an early point in their careers? You know, do you see them being able to, Focus and move forward and stay on
3: this level. Yeah, I mean they, we we gotta all keep it in perspective. You know, we we've won two games. You know, I mean that's, I mean we've had success in two games. I mean that's 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 great. You know, we're, we're we appreciate it. We're happy about it. But I mean that's there's so much more to go. And uh, so they uh, we've got some good leaders, and and I think we as a staff will do a good job of making sure they keep it in perspective and know that we've got a long ways to go to get to where we want to be when you do win a game like that how much traction do you get in terms of recruiting it's good you know I mean it was one like that where you know most people in the country are watching you know it was <laughs> was was good the reception's been good but it, it gives you a little a little boost um, but I think it's we're kind of on a steady upward climb right now you know with recruiting so uh, you know I don't at the end of the day, does that does one game make a difference? You know, probably not with most players, um, but but it helps as far as taking it the direction that we want it to go.
1: Lincoln, how's uh, go ahead, John. Cody Ford left the game Saturday?
5: Yeah. How's he doing? He's doing
3: he's doing okay. He's one of those guys we'll continue to evaluate through the week.
0: Lincoln, Mike said after the game he was very candid about this matchup last year. He didn't feel like he did a good job coaching the defense. Did you sense him taking this personally and? I mean, I know you guys work hard regardless,
4: but
1: did you sense even a little difference in him leading
3: up to this? I think we all took it personally, uh, you know, and him included. So, yeah, I think if anybody in this program didn't take it personally, then they're, they're in the wrong program. The big issue
4: last year was, in last year's game, was, was after the whistle penalties, Lando Brown, a lot of those, but didn't have those on Saturday. How much has he grown as a leader on this football?
3: Well, he's always been a leader. I mean, he's he's been a leader even since he was a pup. Um, but no, I think he's I think he's a little bit more mature now, you know. And, and and again, trying to find balance between again the the mentality and the edge he brings to our offensive line. I mean, I can't sit here and say that it's worth some of the penalties or all the penalties like that he had last year, but it's worth a couple of them. I mean, really. I mean, it's you you've got to play especially against a group like that the other night you've got to play with such an edge that you know and he, he brings that to our line I mean there's no question a lot of other guys have followed suit so uh but he he is now finding that he can do both he can he can find that edge but also do it within the rules you find
5: other guys do play with that edge as well like you said they're following suit they're kind of following his example oh yeah
3: yeah I think so that's that's uh you know, Coach Beanbo's kind of created that culture, you know, within our offensive line that that's that's what's expected. Orlando's been one of the guys to lead the charge on that. But that, that group is uh, that group definitely is, is on edge all the time and uh, and they play like it. How much it's is caught, that ball, filtering ball. over to
2: the defensive side of the ball because they seem to be playing with much more of an edge this year as well? Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think the competitiveness uh, has on the line of scrimmage throughout spring ball and camp, you know, has added to that. Um, and then I just think Mike and his staff have done a really good job with those guys. Their mentality in a great place. Um, they've done a good job of putting them in position to make plays, and you start to get that confidence and and get rolling. Then then that edge continues to come with it. And then I would also you know point out that again I think our defensive leadership is is uh in a good place right now and that, that means that that means a lot to it as well
5: when you've got such a big game like ohio state early in the season is it tough to balance opening up the playbook and still not wanting to show your hands so early in the season as an offense
3: Mm-mm. i mean everybody thinks we saved all that stuff if we'd have thought any of those plays were good against utep we would have ran them against them i mean it's 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 one week at a time and we tried to find the best game plan we could for UTEP. We tried to find the best one we could for Ohio State. We'll do the same thing with everybody else on the schedule. You guys have gone for it pretty
4: often on fourth down so far early. haven't had a ton of success yet. What do you kind of see there um, in, in those play calls and in your lack of success so far? What what needs to be tweaked? Or...
3: Yeah, no, we, uh, we've we been in a bunch of situations in these games early. We're, you know, we're kind of right there in the 35, 40-yard line where it's a little too close to – a little too close to punt it. And, uh, you know, if you're talking about a really, really long field goal, most of them have been early in games, I think. Um, we had one in the other game that we were just running out the clock, which skews it a little bit. Um, but no, yeah, we've had a couple things called that we either, you know, didn't make the play or was a bad call by me. So we've we'll got to do better there.
5: What was it like for you as a first year, co- first year coach, a first time head coach on the road like that in that situation? You're running around, you're hugging all the people, you found your wife, and then you get off the field, and there's Bob Stubbs, Yeah. He's waiting for you. What was that like? Yeah, it was.
3: That was. It was special. It, it was. You know. Again, he's a huge part of what we're doing. Um, always has been. Always will be. We wouldn't all be, you know, in this position in this program without him. So, I know. Like I said, I know there's. You know, been a change here, but it's. He's still a big part of what we're doing. Our our players, all that. You know, love having him around and to be able to, to be able to walk off that field, and see him there, was was pretty cool. Here was a TV shot of you and uh, Ruffin. Uh, together uh, can
2: you describe that moment and it, it seemed like it might have been kind of special too yeah it was
3: it was yeah he and I have been through a lot together and you know he he left a lot of things on the on the east coast to to come back here to, to coach with us and uh yeah so and we've been a part of some pretty good road wins before we 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 definitely cherish those so that was uh you know it was a great moment with him and all mm-hmm. the guys
4: Sorry, Lincoln. Mike Mike Stoops said after the game that uh, you know you as a head coach, the players really react because you do take chances. You're willing to go for things like that. Is that just part of your DNA? Almost, you you don't want to play field position if you're at the 35. You, if you got fourth, three, fourth, four, you always want to be able to go for it. I
3: I don't think there's ever a blanket answer for it. I think it's you know game situation. I think it's you know how good you feel about your offense, how good you feel about your defense. You know who you're playing. I mean. There's just a lot that goes into it. So I, I, think, I think if I put my ego up there up front and said, well, we're going to go for it every time here, sometimes I'd be making the right call for the team and sometimes I wouldn't. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to do, take each and every decision there like it's its own deal and uh, just trying to do that best I can on each and every decision, not worry about how many times we do or don't in the end.
4: Lincoln, how happy were you for Jordan Smallwood after everything he's been through yeah. the last
3: two, three years? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was yeah, great for him. I was really happy for him. He's, he's been through a lot injury-wise. and He's always been a, a great team player, has always showed up a lot, um, played very well for us on teams, played well for us at the end of the year offensively last year. He's, he's done a good job so far this year. So to get that, that first one in the end zone there was pretty cool.
5: Lincoln, so much was made over the offseason about the changes defensively the even front, things like that. Was that overblown a little bit?
3: As well, far British as... Says, just was, says was, was,
5: was there any big change or is it more just the players that you have and the way that y'all are playing defensively?
3: Oh, I think more the mentality of that group right now is probably, you know, the, the biggest thing that stood out, the mentality and the leadership. I mean, it's... Our scheme last year was good, and our scheme this year is good. I mean, everybody's got good schemes, you know. And so uh, Mike and them do a great job, but they've, they've done an even better job, again, with their with our guys' heads, you know, and just making sure that we're in the right frame to play great team defense and to play the type of defense that this university has been known for for a long time. And so uh, and, and we got a group that takes it personal right now.
5: You got uh, the versatility then to play three men front or four men front, right? Yeah, we
3: can we can do a few things. Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> That's one. yeah.
5: Lincoln, like, how much have you seen Parnell Motley grow? Uh, you know, back in the spring, kind of had that big pick in the um, spring game, but um, and then has one Saturday. You know, how much has he grown? Uh, you know, for your defense. A lot,
3: or? a lot. He he just he came out in spring and was a you could see the talent his true freshman year in the fall. Um, just couldn't quite put it together, um, but you could see the talent, you could see the competitiveness, um, and then in spring he just he was like a different guy. I mean, the confidence was there. He was finally kind of settled in, I think. And and when you work as hard as he does, and it means as much to you as it does to him, then you're going to get better at it quickly. And he did, and he's he's been making those plays. He made them all spring. He made them all camp. So you know, I, it didn't surprise me that he got that one. And if I'd have been smart enough to review the other one, he would have had two.
4: As young as you are, with you know guys like Kenneth Murray and C.D. Lamb, is there any other experience they could? I mean, if they just had a regular road game, you know, not a top five matchup, would would that have helped them as much moving forward as this this helped them? I,
3: hard to say. Any any rep they get right now in a game is helpful. I mean, they're just they're growing constantly. They still they still make plenty of mistakes, but but they they're not afraid in the moment and they continue to get better. So. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you just got to take each one as it is, you know, and hope they continue to grow at the pace they are right now.
0: Lincoln, how much of yourself do you see in Baker?
3: I've never been asked that question. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we think a lot alike on the field and in some ways, and then in some ways we're a lot different and balance each other out. So, you know, maybe that's why we've been able to work well together risk taker, you or him? Depends on the situation. Yeah, um, I think we we play well off of each other. You know, there's there's, there's some times for both, um, but we we make it work.
5: What did you think of the dead on the kickoff returns? It looked like you
3: close. got some promise there, don't you? Close, really close. You know, we, we fit some things up really well. Um, you know, a, lot of those, a couple of those we were one block away, but he's, he's got the speed and, and the fearlessness that he hits it, and we got to get just a little bit better there, and he's going to have a chance to pop a few. Like, and you get to the point where you take field goal snaps for granted? Just what happened on the play? And... Yeah, we made, a, we made a little adjustment up front. It was my fault. We made a little adjustment up front, which inhibited Wesley. I'm not going to get into all the details, but it was, Wesley was fine. He was a little low on the punt snap, um, but that snap, that one was on me. Punch or The field goal snap was on me. Okay.
1: Yeah. When you come into a season and um, you have established
0: guys that everybody knows, their household names, uh, it, as, you know, this year you come in with guys that people don't really know and you have to incorporate them and you talk about you see light switches come on, you discover guys. Does that? How much more fun is that to kind of coach and discover what guys can do each game? And does incorporating all these different guys help chemistry in any way?
3: It does. It does as long as the program is set up to where people understand that the best players right now are the ones that are going to play you know I think sometimes in other programs it it's a little bit more of a balancing act, you know where you've got maybe some juniors or seniors that have been in the program that maybe feel like you know they're entitled to just this spot just because somebody left or because they've been in the program or don't really accept the freshman as quickly as we do but I, I think this, and it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's just been well-established here that the best guys are going to play. And that's the way things are going to be. And uh, I think our guys get that coming in. So there's an acceptance of that right off the top. So I think it, I think it probably does help team chemistry here, helps the team grow together. Um, so uh, yeah, that's what I think. You said Thanks. earlier
5: that you're not surprised that these true freshmen have, are doing what they're doing. But I think you would have to admit it's not remotely common so, is it just, do you just hope that it happens? I mean, do you really ever have a clue that it comes together like this for guys as true freshmen?
3: No, I mean, you never know exactly. I mean, you've got certain feels on guys. But, no, you you, you don't know exactly until they do it. Um, and so, uh, but I, if these guys hadn't showed us the things that they did in, in fall camp and then the ones that were here in spring uh, do it there as well, then they wouldn't be playing. You know, we'd have somebody else out there. So, we... By the time we got a chance to get to know them and watch the way they competed and approach things and, and see their ability level, we, we've got a decent idea going in. I'm curious had- that
5: if you um, Saturday was so monumental, if you've heard from, gotten messages from Mike Leach or you know anybody like that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I have. I got. I've got. I got a few texts. Yeah. Did you get my name? No, nah, there's a lot. I mean, just kind of the same. The same old crew, you know. Everybody was excited about it, and, and uh, a lot of people watched it. So, yeah, some good, good back and forth with some of our guys. But um, that was good.
1: Yeah. How did Saturday's atmosphere compare
5: to boxville two years ago, or did it at all? It was
3: no. They were both great atmospheres. I mean, you know, hundred plus thousand. You know, both of them. You know, both big time games on week two. Um, they were, yeah, they were, they were similar in a lot of ways. Very similar, great atmospheres.
1: What does it say about Baker to be able to work all these new pieces in together in an atmosphere like that without well, Mark Andrews and to be able to produce the way he did? Just trust,
3: you know, he's just, he's trusting the whole thing, you know, better um, earlier than he has. And uh, so he's, he's got a lot of trust in those guys right now, a lot of trust in what we're doing offensively. Linebackers
5: tonight. Better, better. We played in or
3: not? Better, played. Emmanuel played pretty good both games. Uh, we thought we didn't think Caleb played as good as we wanted him to play the week one. Uh, thought he played very well the other night. Uh, Kenneth Murray took a big step. You know, really played a lot more confident. Um, made more plays. Played faster. Played more physical. Um, so was happy with the step he took. You know, and Obo. You know, was a little bit more of a presence in this game as well. That's a
5: challenge for those guys, especially right because. You've got the J.T. Barrett factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got those powerful running backs. Um, you don't know exactly what they're going to do because they have a first-year offensive coordinator.
3: Yep. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah there was a little bit of guesswork there. Um, and, yeah, and then they just present so many troubles. I mean, they want to play at speed option. Next play, it's, you know, power read. Next play, it's crossing routes. Next play, it's, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff. And uh, But our guys handled it well. All right, so there you have it. Another edition of the Sooner Sports
1: Podcast. Thanks to Toby Rowland for coming by, and again, just thought we'd add to the Lincoln Riley press conference for those that don't get a chance to hear it on Mondays. And if it's too much, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at OU on the Air. But man, I always love hearing from Lincoln, and his Monday pressers have become must listen, must watch. Everyone have a great week. On Friday, we're talking offensive line here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, thanks for subscribing at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Make sure to thank our sponsors, the good folks over at the Riverwind Resort, the place to to be and Allstate Insurance. We're back on Friday. Until then, have a great weekend. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.